Restaurant Unstoppable, episode 320. What is it? Four. The, the reason I'm positive is, is you know, I love my, I love my employees and, you know, I, I need to be there for them. And I love my partners and my kids and, and my customers. And I, I think being positive um, is consistently positive is just literally if you can do if you can do that every day of your life and find a way, even on the worst days, to 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 be there for the people around you, um, I think that you're going to be successful. Are you ready for it? Factors, success stories, failures, and bombs of restaurant industry knowledge? Then join Eric Cacciatore and today's incredible guest as they share what it takes to become unstoppable. Hiring a consultant to train your staff and to improve your restaurant can be expensive. Wouldn't it be awesome if you could just get advice from world champion baristas and leading restaurant consultants without spending thousands of dollars? Tipsy believes you should have the chance to learn new skills whenever you need to, which is why they have hundreds of hospitality courses available for only $9 a month. To give you a little something extra, as a restaurant unstoppable listener, you can also get 50% off your first month. All you gotta do is click the tipsy banner in the show notes get on it are you opening a restaurant and stressing out with where to start or perhaps you've already opened your restaurant and you're finding yourself completely overwhelmed with the day-to-day tasks that only you know how to do if you feel this way i've got good news you don't have to do it alone nor should you regain control of your business and your life with restaurants owner.com and if you go to restaurantowner.com slash unstoppable you will get a 10 day pass for only one dollar get on it with excitement allow me to introduce to you today's guest chef scott mcgee chef tell me are you feeling unstoppable today Every second of every day, my friend. How's it going, Eric? <laughs> All right. I'm great, man. And a special shout-out right now to our boy, Hayne. Thank you so much for the introduction. Guys, I do listen to your special requests. If you can think of somebody you want on the show, shoot me an email. Tell me who is amazing in your community, and we'll all learn from them together. So just a quick aerial view of who Chef McGee is is an Arkansas native coming from a family of incredibly rich and interesting food-related history. Scott McGee trained at the California Culinary Academy and cut his teeth at Chez Panisse, working under Alice Water for many years. Today, Scott is a rabid advocate of treating people and contemporaries in the industry with absolute kindness, dignity, and respect. He exercises this advocacy as executive chef and partner at Yellow Rocket Concepts, a Little Rock restaurant partnership, which is known as Central Arkansas's Culinary Juggernaut. I mean, we're just scraping the surface. I can't dive deeper into what makes Chef McGee who he is. But first, let's get that motivational, inspirational ball rolling with a success quote or mantra. Take it away, Chef. Well, you know what? I Unfortunately, that's one thing I did not prepare for, but I can come up with something. Um, I think, you know, what really defines me, what my mantra would be, 
is that your team is your family and um, you know you treat your family with love and dignity and respect uh, without exception and um, you know if you respect and appreciate your people your family um, you know they're, they're gonna they're gonna go to battle for you they're gonna go to war for you I love it and so, so you know, uh, treating people with dignity and respect is really the, the where everything starts and and ends in our in our you know with me and with our entire team. Yeah, man, I couldn't agree more with you. I mean, it help, I can't help but think of Eric Repair right now. I'm, think, I'm reading his book. Uh, I think it's Thirty Two Yokes is the title. Right. Um, and I, the 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 first half of that book, you just get this incredible sense of his early recognition of getting into this industry uh, to express your love for other people, uh, using food to show your love. And I think we don't bring it to that level enough of it's, it's just so transactional today where like you give me your money, I give you the service, the food, and we go our different ways, but it goes deeper than that. And I'm already starting to hear that from you. Any thoughts on what I just shared? Man, I tell you, I mean, you're right on the money, and and even as a pretty, you, you know, you don't get into this industry always just for the money. <laughs> and, uh, most most passionate chefs, um, you know, obviously, uh, we may start out saying, "Hey, I'm going to get rich one day," and this and that. But you know, you get into this industry because you love making people happy. Yes. And you know, culinary arts, cooking is. I mean, you get to recreate this masterpiece every day and put it in front of someone and. And, 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 you know, the, the people gather around it and they, and it's a, it's a meeting place and a greeting place and it brings family and friends together. And then, and, you know, and then it's gone and you get to start over the next day. And, and so it's, I know so many chefs, you know, share that feeling that, that they just, uh, they get to, you know, they have this, you know, it's whether it's the food or just the entire experience, uh, this opportunity to recreate their art every day and then start over the next day. Awesome. And, um, and then, and then, you know, what's just as fulfilling, especially now that I'm 47 and I've been in the industry for 30 years, you know, nothing is more, you know, rewarding for me than to take some, some young person who maybe was headed in the wrong direction, bring him in and, and teach them about, you know, how, how, the little things and, and not even about cooking, but teach them, how to be consistently positive and how to be sober and how to be honest and how those things, how those things can so dramatically affect you and bring you opportunities in life. So, you know, taking young people and teaching them some of those lessons um, uh, and then also teaching them how to, how to make some great food and, and how to taste. I mean, that's nothing is more rewarding for me than, than those moments. I love it, chef. Great way to get this interview going. And let's just learn more about you, where you're at in life. So just real quick, uh, tell us a little bit more about your current role as executive chef and partner with yellow rocket concepts. Well, my first baby that I I ran for nine years, I actually sold it. It was a, a, a incredible bakery cafe, which still exists today. And, 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 some of my really close friends still operated. It's called Boulevard Bread Company. Uh, my buddy, uh, Roger Runnels, uh, who has worked all over San Francisco and was one of the best bakers uh, that I've ever seen in my life, rest his soul. Um, he uh, came back to Arkansas with me, and we opened Boulevard Bread Company, operated it for nine years, sold it. But right now, I am. Uh, we have five concepts we've developed over the last 10 years or so. And there's seven locations, and there's a couple new ones coming. Uh, but we, uh, Zaza Fine Salad and Wood Oven Pizza Company, and it's a it's a wood-fired Napoli-style pizza. I have Italian family, so so something that's kind of near and dear to me. 
Uh, we do really amazing salads. We do great, great um, gelato. Uh, we then Zaza. From there, we jumped off and opened a second location of Zaza. Uh, we then we uh, in 2008 we were going to do a, a fine dining restaurant, <laughs> which is coming from fine dining. You know, I've uh, you know. At times, was was interested in getting back into that, but then we ended up opening a kind of a polished burger bar uh, called uh, Big Orange Burger. We have two locations of that right now, and the third one is underway. Uh, we have a couple of Mexican concepts. One of them is kind of more of a Cali Mex, um, uh, kind of authentic Mex called Local Lime. Then we have a Arc Mex, which is uh, Delta Cooking meets Tex Mex which is um, called Heights Taco and Tamale. And then we also have a brewery with a, that really focuses more kind of on southern meats, meets German cuisine uh, with a lot of barbecue influence, and that's called Lost 40. And um, one new concept uh, is in, in the works for 2018, something totally new and exciting, which is top secret this, at this time. So. Yeah. Well, man, I can't wait to find out how you got to five concepts, seven total locations with one coming in 10 years. I I just feel like you're going to blow us away with incredible advice and just how to run uh, a tight, organized ship. Uh, But let's find out where it all started, Chef. So when do you think you knew that uh, working in this industry was going to be your career? I mean, start where, you know, how you just broke into it. It sounds like all the way back from when... You, you were with your grandmother. She was kind of the first in your line of, uh, I guess, uh, lineage to be in the hospitality industry. Is that true? Well, my, my great-grandmother was born in the year 1900, and her sister, um, uh, was well, her older sister, opened a restaurant in Little Rock in the early 1930s okay. in, a building, in a building called the Ice House, which had recently been an ice house before the advent of the refrigerator. Um, and it was called the Copper Kettle. Um, and there's been about 15 restaurants in that location since 1930. Wow. Um, it, it's currently a great sushi place called Kamuri. Um, but then my great-grandmother in the early 60s opened a restaurant called the Red Apple Inn. I was born in 1970. The Red Apple Inn was a uh, – back then, you know, this I guess this was a thing. It was a mobile four-star restaurant, and it was – uh, what they were known for is she didn't hire a chef. She hired the fi- 15 best Arkansas home grandma cooks she could find. And she really created this really special place um, in close to Heber Springs, Arkansas. And so my, my great granddad. That sounds uh, like heaven. <laughs> grandma was, chefs. Yeah, my great granddad had this huge vegetable garden with everything you can imagine. And she had this amazing kitchen with these really, this vaulted ceilings and. And, uh, you know, was, essentially I would go down with him and dig up potatoes and pick blackberries and, and whole peas and black and green beans and, and, you know, just okra, corn, squash, tomatoes, you name it. We'd bring it back to her kitchen. And some of my earliest memories were, were you know, topping and tailing green beans and holding lady peas and, and purple whole peas, uh, cutting up green tomatoes for green tomato pickle. And patting out with my hands, uh, what we call here in Arkansas, pone bread, which is hot water cornbread. It's, it's essentially lard, salt, cornmeal with hot water poured over it, 
you form it into patties and you deep fry it. Oh my gosh. That sounds amazing. <laughs> uh, so then you, you were working with the grandmother kind of just being in the family, just uh, the family business. Your dad also was a restaurant owner. Uh, at what point did you know that you wanted to continue down the family business of, of being a restaurateur? Well, I went to the university of Arkansas uh, for business and just, just completely didn't go to class. <laughs> and had, had the Whoops. most incredible, wonderful, good time with my buddies. <laughs> and, uh, you know, my, my father was not too happy about that. Uh, the next year I paid my own, uh, I went back to Little Rock and went to the University of Arkansas at Little Rock. And my father had said, hey, you're going to pay your own way if you're not going to, you know, if you're not going to go to class and stuff like that. So I, I, uh, I got a job uh, cooking. And uh, ended up, you know, paying for a couple semesters of school and, and working, you know, relatively part time, heavy part time. And um, through that process, I just fell in love with the, with, uh, with the restaurant I was working at and, you know, started obsessing over Gourmet Magazine and, you know, where was the best place in America to, to train and and uh, just got into the whole art of, you know, sharpening knives and learning back then we didn't have youtube so it was you actually had to find people you had to find people who knew what they were doing but um uh, i over over a year or two of that i really just became obsessed with working for alice waters at sheep and east i'd read in gourmet magazine that it was the best place for young cooks to train so i started just harassing them with letters and, and begging for a job and eventually, um, you know, I just uh, uh, talked to a buddy of mine, Roger Runnels, into hopping in my Mazda 323 and driving to San Francisco. And um, we both didn't take no for an answer. Um, I got a job at Shape and East after a few weeks of sitting on their front doorstep. And Roger got a job at Tassahara Bakery, a real famous bakery in San Francisco. And that was kind of the beginning of, of everything. Man, uh, just one thing, if we take anything away from what you just shared with us, is that intentional living. It's something that comes up over and over again. You had a goal. You, you, you wanted to be somewhere, and you did whatever it took to get there, and you just made it happen. Uh, have, in, have a goal. Live intentionally. Have purpose in your life, and, and do everything in your power to achieve what it is, whatever it is you're setting out for. Uh, beautiful. I love that, Chef. Let me tell you a little more about that. I think this is really important for people to hear. Um, I couldn't afford to go. You know, my, my father, uh, he was not poor, but he never gave me a red cent. And he was very intent that I, that I do it on my own. And, and you know, I've, I've never received any help. Um, I didn't have the means to go to San Francisco. I stayed with some – I was lucky enough to have some, someone, to, a couch to sleep on um, in Tiburon, California, some friends of friends. But, man, we just um, – we got in the car. We went out there and slept on a couch and, uh, for a few weeks. And when I was at Chez Panisse, uh, one thing that I told them – and, you know, you got to understand, Chez Panisse has a stack of resumes 10 feet high from chefs all over the world that are incredibly talented. And um, I walked in there and talked to Catherine Brundall, who was, who's, was one of the greatest chefs, you know, to ever live, in my opinion – and I, I sat down across from her and I said, listen, I, I, I want to wash dishes and sweep and clean for free to, to prove my work ethic because I want to do whatever it takes to get a job here. And um, she said, she told me, and it shocked me, she said, no one has ever said that to us. 
And it, it just blew me away because I thought, hey, man, this is like one of the best restaurants in the world. You've got to have people lining up to, to you know, uh, saying they want to wash the dishes for free to get a chance. And uh, <laughs> when, 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 she, when she heard that, she said, you know what? I was not going to hire you. But um, so uh, she uh, told me to, to show up the next morning at 7 a.m. with sharp knives. And so I rushed uh, to Columbus Cutlery in North Beach, bought some knives, didn't know what I was doing. And so I, uh, I you know, cut the heck out of my thumb a couple times trying to get my knives sharp. And I showed up the next morning and um, turns out she didn't want me to wash dishes. She wanted me to, you know, to, to, to start um, at, at the bottom rung. And, and it was just a magical, amazing experience. And I really attribute everything to that moment. To, oh, man. You know, I, I just I feel like so many people today feel entitled, especially kids that come out of school, feeling like they've earned the right. And the truth is, uh, you've got to work for it. You got to put the work in. You got to show your passion. You got to be willing to work for free to get your foot in the door, and then bust your ass even then to get to the climb the the ladder. To, like you said, like to go up those rungs. And if in if you were in her position and you were experienced this from her position, what do you think you'd be feeling uh, if Somebody approached you looking for the same opportunity, being being willing to work for free, knowing that they're sleeping on couches and they'll do anything, even as like just starting from washing the dishes. How would you feel? Well, she was number one. She was kind enough to start paying me immediately because I could not afford to work for free. <laughs> I thought that was a good a good place to start, you know. But I, um, you know, I. Any restaurateur or chef will tell you the, the last thing you want to hear is someone who walks through the door and says, "Hey, you know, really, I can't, you know, don't can't work Sundays and I, I can't work. Mostly, don't want to work nights. And you know, I've got a, I've got this two week vacation planned. And you know, I mean, what I want to hear is, hey, holidays, weekends, nights, whatever you need. I mean, get the job first. Yeah. I mean, for the love of God, get the job. I mean, don't, <laughs> don't just don't just shoot yourself in the foot. I mean, there's obviously we are very. I mean, no one, anyone who asks off in our organization, we have 500 employees. I mean, we, the, you know, there's almost never a time when, when we say no. I don't even know if we do say no, uh, unless like 15 people have asked off the same day. But um, yeah, w- walk in there and be willing to do anything and have a positive attitude and, and be excited and um, and then maintain that. Be consistent. You know, it's uh, it's it's that's another thing that we get a lot of in the industry is um, is is people that are on a roller coaster. I mean, don't come in um, up in the clouds and then be down in the dumps three days later. Mm. So, awesome. but, but yeah. Anyone that walks in uh, with that kind of attitude, with just positive attitude, immediately I'm um, just gravitating towards that person. Beautiful. Um, uh, so, great example of just what it takes to really uh, to get your, you know, it's all about the experience, who you surround yourself with. If you want to be great, you need to surround yourself with other great people and just offering whatever it takes to get your foot in the door is the big lesson to take away here. But let's kind of focus on some other aspects of your career. I mean, you've done like there's so much I want to touch on and I don't want to spend too much time in, in the early phases of your career, but what do you think is happened in your career between the time you opened your first restaurant and the experience you're getting working for Alice water and you're traveling to Italy? Like what are the big key takeaways uh, in that path you took that you think we need to know? Man, um, you know, I was, uh, once, I don't know if I've touched on this or not yet, but I mean, my, 
uh, I was very lucky. My my father was kind of a hard ass, but he adored me. <laughs> he I always knew he loved me, but he was just you know he was uh, you know if I left a glass in the sink, I got an hour long lecture on responsibility. <laughs> so I was I was real lucky to have that in my life. And and you know another thing that I learned from a young age, um, you know something you just mentioned is um, you know uh, I was I was told by by a guy named Gene Dunaway one time. He said, "Man, when you when you go to California and you're surrounded by all these just amazing chefs, you know, you're you know what what you really your instinct is to push them away and and you know, don't you don't want to show them how how little you know, so you run away. Mm. And what you really should do is when you find people that are smarter than you, more talented than you, that that you know maybe maybe have talents that you haven't discovered yet, um, you got to attach yourselves to them and and just humble yourself." And, you know, so many, so many kids in this industry are just afraid to ask questions because they don't want to look dumb. And, uh, you know, the other, the other thing that really, uh, that I I learned in those years, um, that really stuck with me is, uh, you know, that the really the key to the key to life and the key to cooking and the key to everything, uh, is, is being consistently positive every day. And, you know, it's, it's, um, uh, also the, the, the things that I pair with that, uh, and a lot of chefs don't, you know, don't admit this, but this is a huge deal in our in our industry. Is you know, be honest. If people trust you, they're gonna they're they're gonna uh, you know they're, you're gonna earn opportunities. And if they don't trust you, you're you're gonna be stopped dead in your tracks. And the other big thing is sobriety, and that is that's a big issue in the world today, especially in the restaurant business. And if you can if if you can you know, if you can stay sober in the restaurant business, it's hard enough working a 12 hour shift on the hotline, but, uh, gosh, the opportunities that will come your way, if you can conquer those, those three mountains, um, it's just, it's limitless. Yeah. I mean, you touched on some incredible things that just need to go deeper on here. And the first one, just that instinct to push people away and you quickly mentioned it. Uh, the reason why we do this is because we don't want to feel dumb. So what's the mentality we need to have? Like, how can we over, come and be aware of the situation where we might naturally push people away. Well, you know, and it's, and it's ironic because it, you know, by looking dumb and asking questions, that's how you learn most efficiently. You know, that's, I mean, and by not asking those questions, um, that's, that's how you, that's how you fall behind. And, um, you know, and this it's, so so you really, I mean, hopefully from, hopefully there are young people listening to this, that you know can can realize you know a few things that you know you've got to just humble yourself and and you've got to you know ask a million questions and 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 be prepared to look silly at times and <laughs> and and if you know, and, you know ask someone how you know how, what's the best way to cut an artichoke yeah if I want to get the heart you know if I, if I don't want to what's the best way to sharpen a knife you know it's it's, you know, my knife keeps getting dull. It's, you know, there's, you know, you, you have, you have very sharp knives for, for some, uh, things in the kitchen that you do. And you have, you have knives that are more durable for other, for other operations. And so there's, there's just a million things that you don't get always on YouTube and you don't always get, um, even in school, uh, that, that you have to learn in this industry over time. So it's and these you mentioned some other things, Chef, too, that are just really so valuable when it comes to attracting greatness onto yourself. And that was just that consistent positivity and being honest. I mean, why are those things so important? And what can we do in our lives to show up positive and transparent and honest every day? 
Well, you know, um, uh, being being positive, you know, and, and once again, it's it's consistently positive. You have to throw that word in there consistently because uh, it's easy for someone to be positive for a few days. But what you have to understand is that humanity, everyone in the world, everyone that you work with, everyone, everyone, you know, everyone's dog is going to die. Everyone's going to go through tragedy. Everyone is going to go through financial problems. Those things are all happening. You know, uh, every, everyone's Facebook profile is is not reality. <laughs> and so young kids have to understand that, um, you know, just because I'm positive doesn't mean that, that I'm not going through difficulty in my life, you know. But I'm going to come in and I'm, and I'm going to uh, – the reason I'm positive is, is – you know, I love my I love my employees, and you know, I, I need to be there for them, and I love my partners and my kids, and and my customers, and I I think being positive um, is consistently positive is just literally if you can do if you can do that every day of your life and find a way even on the worst days to 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 be there for the people around you, um, I think that you're going to be successful. So- just that one. Thing. I mean, what I'm hearing from you, what I'm taking away from you, Chef, is to overcome n- negative tendencies, to consistently be positive. It sounds like what you do is focus on the positive, focus on the good things, focus on the love. Is that what I'm hearing? Yeah, and, and I like to tell people, you know, learning how to communicate effectively, it takes a lifetime, and it's a journey, and it's, you know, you cannot get out of culinary school at 22 and be a, just a really incredible communicator. Maybe your parents helped you out a little bit. Maybe they didn't, but um, you know, for me, I like to I like to look at it as following the path of least resistance. Okay, there is a there's something in the distance. There's 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 a there's a goal, a task, and that is getting this plate of food out to this customer as quickly as possible and and perfectly, and uh, and making that customer happy. So, what's the path of least resistance to get there? And, uh, you know, I, I was taught um, one thing I learned at Chez Panisse that was really valuable was um, it was it was so chef focused, that restaurant. You, the servers were amazing. Half the servers had doctorates. You know, they were they were uh, just inc- the, the, you know, there was huge Oxford dictionaries, you know, on the line. And there was always some kind of political discussion. And it was just an incredible environment. Um, but it was, um, you know, one thing that they taught us was. You know, you're a line cook. You're a chef, and it's it's you know when a server comes up to you and is screaming and yelling and freaking out and and asking for something on the fly and being inappropriate, man, it's 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 because they need your help, and so you, you got to lift them up, not kick them in the teeth. You got to be there for them in their time of need because you're a chef, and you're supposed to rise above that. And so it's so that really stuck with me that you know when when you know I'm I'm in control of the situation. And my actions and my behavior and my body language, all of that makes a difference. And so I have this incredible opportunity when this when this server is falling on their face, you know, that someone's been rude to him. Someone probably slapped him on the butt or was, or, you know, I mean, said something inappropriate or, or they got they got triple seated. I mean, you know, all kinds of things happen out there on the floor that, that, that us cooks don't always know about. Um, but I, but I, I think that's, uh, uh, so powerful. It's so powerful. I mean, in our lives at all times, we're either going to be an adder or a subtractor. And we literally have the, the option in that moment 
to choose to be an adder. And what you choose to do is either going to compound that situation in a negative direction or, or like bring it in a positive direction. And if you're constantly aware of it, you could always be moving things in a positive direction. We have the choice. The, the result, whatever the end result is, um, we can't control it completely, but it is directly related to us. I mean, we, yeah, you, you definitely, we have a lot of control through the way we communicate to people. Um, and just humbling yourself in the, in, in those, in the most, you know, when the, when the walls are caving in and the, and the, and the sky is falling and there's a, and there's a grease fire in the kitchen and a busload of little old ladies comes in and stiffs everyone, doesn't tip. I mean, that's, <laughs> that's, that's when you have to be the most positive. That's when you've got to be the strongest. Yeah. That's, that's, that's when, that's when, that's when that restaurant needs you the most. That's when your team needs you the most. Mm. And so, I mean, I, you know, I, tr- I really try to instill that in my staff whenever I get, have the opportunity. I love it. Uh, Chef. So when you were, um, at, uh, Panisse, did you have aspirations beyond? Did you, when did like you really start painting a picture of where you want to be, uh, today like when did that oh, man, my, my buddy roger reynolds and i when we were you know when we got in our mazda 323 and we left arkansas and then we camped out in the middle of nowhere in in arizona and we were we were just you know pitch black sky bright stars you know we were driving to california we were doing it we were leaving arkansas and i remember just looking up at that sky with just a billion stars and um um uh, and just, you know, Roger and I were like, hey, man, we're going to go out there. We're going to learn. We're, we're just going to soak it up like a sponge, all this incredible knowledge. And we're going to eventually come back to Arkansas. and We're going to open up an amazing place. And, and uh, you know, he, he, I said right then, I said, man, I'm going I'm, to I, I like the savory cooking. And, you, you know, are you interested in baking? And he was like, yeah, I would love to do the, the baking side. You know, I've always I've never done that before. And, you know, just really, really, before we even got to San Francisco, we had it mapped out. What did that map look like? Take me to the different stops on the map, just from like an aerial view. Like, like what were those those stops you had along the way? I was lucky enough to have a, a father who taught me that it's the foundation you build dictates dramatically how far you can go. Mm. And whether you're building a tall building or whether or, or life, and um, so I so I, I was very I, I was persistent, you know, and insistent that you know I needed to work at the best restaurant with the best chefs and 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 really just learn and and you know I was told by these chefs at Chez the day I got there they said hey you know until you peel a billion freaking onions you're not a good onion peeler. <laughs> so get to work, son. Here's here's 150 pounds, and uh, and learn how to deal with with it with your eyes because it doesn't get any better. And uh, you know, until you until you peel a billion cloves of garlic, you're not a really good garlic peeler. And so I, the, you know, really working in the prep kitchen for years at Chez Panisse uh, for I think maybe three or four years, I was you know uh, uh, you know but I was doing a ton of butchery and a, and a ton of prep and you know you know, uh, roasting bones and making stocks and making pasta, just repetitive over and over and over. And so I, um, I, I knew when I was heading out to San Francisco that that was going to be part of it. Um, because if you, if you're 23 and you're the star chef and you skip that, 
you're 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 going to get stuck at some point. Um, you, there's there's going to be a point at which you say, you know, you know, maybe you'll realize it, maybe you won't, but um, you you really cannot. It's a it's a journeyman's trade, like carpentry, like like so many things in the world, where after a year you're good, after five years you're better, after ten years you're pretty darn good. After 20 years, you're a professional. After 40 years, you're a master. You know, it's, I mean, you never, um, you, you, you can't skip any of those steps. So I'm just going to say that quote one more time. Uh, the foundation you build dictates where you're going to go. So this foundation you're building, it, it, what I'm hearing well, it, is it, it starts it, with it, pebbles. It, also, it, like, it, dict- it dictates the potential. Like if, if you, the stronger foundation you build, the, the 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 more potential you have to open ten restaurants and be yeah. successful, you know. And so, what's the at the core of this foundation? Like, I'm I'm trying to really get like what you mean by laying that foundation. Is it just showing up and doing all the little things until you just Man, compound and be- eventually become a master? Well, it's every chef knows about mise en place and. <laughs> Mise en place is everything. It's getting sleep the night before is part of your mise en place. You, you know, setting three alarm clocks is your mise en place, and one and one that's battery operated. Unless, and, and you know, just in case the power goes out, it's getting to it's getting to that BART train by four fifteen a.m. and getting off at Shattuck Avenue and getting to, to Shape and East, you know, five minutes ahead of time at least, uh, so you can get those those bones in the oven before the. 7 a.m. prep cooks get there and need the ovens. I mean, mise en place is your attitude. It's, you know, it's, 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 you know, cutting your fingernails. It's, it's, um, you know, it's, it's, it's everything. So, yeah, I mean, you, you've, uh, and, and then it's, you know, as, as far as building a foundation, it's, it's just, you can't skip, you, you, once again, you, you, you can't just go to culinary school and say, okay, I'm done. I'm the star chef. You really, you've got to, you got to pay your dues in the kitchen, you know, and, and if you don't do that, I do think that it, it eventually in your career, it can hold you back. Man, I love that analogy you gave us, you know, Mise en Place doesn't end at your workstation. It It's getting everything in your life in place in Absolutely. order to, to ensure and support. And it's, it's that foundation that you're going to launch off of to start your own thing. I love that analogy. It's beautiful, Chef. And I mean, what about these relationships? I mean, you mentioned one of the articles I read that uh, or read that um, Alice Waters was one of your greatest mentors. I mean, what do you think the influence of this just these great people had on you? If you didn't have these great people in your life, like where would you be today? Man, there's so many of them at Chez Panisse. I mean, that that place really attracted some of the best chefs globally. I mean, we had we had chefs from all over France and Italy and Mexico and, and all over the world and all over the U S and you know, that they, they were all just schooled. Some of them had been there for 20 years and were just schooled in that philosophy of treating people with kindness and dignity and respect and just the polar opposite of, of, of you know, what you saw on the food network with these chefs that were screaming and throwing knives and, you know, uh, you know, little things like we weren't allowed to flame the pans because the butane flavor gets in the pan. I mean, every little detail, um, you know, the, the, these are these are things. Um, but what about it, being it was, a person, it, chef? What do they teach you about being a person? Yeah, you know, just I mean, t- you know, once again, teaching, uh, I think well, my father taught me honesty and hard work and 
Um, but I really, you know, learning how to communicate and how to treat people with, with kindness. And uh, that's something I got from Alice Waters and, and from so many of her chefs. And, you know, and, 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 and that cooking is, is about more than, than food. You know, it's, it's about relationships and it's about, um, it's about, you know, being excited about coming to work. It's about loving your job and, and loving your coworkers and, and, um, and being excited about the customer's experience. How is, um, how is cooking about relationships? You know, when you when you walk into a kitchen, uh, a really great kitchen with a really great chef and a great team, um, you know, it's it's it, you're I'm creating back the layers right now. I'm sorry. You're 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 creating great food, but you know, you're you're also you're also talking about life and each other. You're talking and you're learning about their kids and their dreams and their aspirations and. Um, you know, even you know whether I was whether I'm the owner or the chef or whether I was just a young 23 year old walking into the kitchen for the second week. Um, you know, Chez Panisse was a great example of a, of just a family where when you walked in there, uh, you were having political discussions. Um, you you were just uh, you were you know I was of course living in Berkeley. I was bombarded with with all these crazy liberal ideas. <laughs> that I think were dramatically affected me in a positive way, and um, you know it was it was just it was it was wonderful to, just to have discussions about uh, a vocabulary or words, and someone someone I mean seeing someone in the middle of the rush pull out the Oxford Dictionary, <laughs> and, and um, you know it's so so it was about food, but it was also about the these incredible bonds that we build with each other. In the kitchen and 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 outside of the kitchen at times as well. Why you is know, that bond so important, though? Why does it matter? You know, I think. Um, well, I, I think I think you know, loving people and wanting to be loved and appreciated and learning these these are th- these are things that are bigger than food. You know, I think these are these are things that are as or more important than what than what you're cooking and putting on a plate. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, I mean, so, you know. it feeds into those higher needs. At the end of the day, like we expect certain things when we go to eat, but what we don't expect is to be loved. What we don't expect from our our team is to to share a mutual respect and love for each other, where we have each other's back. I mean, you're gonna show up to work if you have that level of respect for somebody. Uh, it's well, like, it's the ultimate level of respect. And if you know, um, if if people are if people feel loved and appreciated, and if and, and that's sincere. Yeah. Um, then they're going to they're they're going to go they're going to clean up the bathroom when no one's looking. They're going to pick the paper up off the floor. They're going to scrub the baseboard a little harder. They're going to they're going to put a little more love into that food. I mean, they're going to taste it two or three extra times to make sure it's perfect. You know, they're they're going to take a little more. Um, they're going to put a little more attention into that plate, and so. It's, um, you know, all this is my wife just came in. Hello, Angel, darling. How are you doing? <laughs> um, my beautiful wife just arrived. Tell her we said but, <laughs> she, uh, Eric says hi. <laughs> uh, this, I'm on a podcast right Restaurant now. Restaurant so. Unstoppable Nation says hi. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> uh, well, I love what you've given us so far, Chef. I really do. And I, I knew this was going to happen, and it's totally on me. I knew we are going to spend like the first 
35, yeah. 40 minutes on the early stages of your life. But like you said, that's the foundation. That's your launching yeah. pad. You need to get the early, you need to get that stuff. Without done. that, nothing else happened. Absolutely. Uh, and let's just fast forward now. I mean, let's bring it to you're starting your first business. Take me through the experience, the, some of the big lessons um, from that first experience of opening your, your first restaurant. Man, I was jack of all trades. I was the chef and I was, I was, you know, doing the accounting and, and, uh, getting there early and trying to learn how to fix equipment, you know, and, and scrubbing floors and, and, uh, uh, you know, up, up, up with the customers, um, you know, dealing with, with every single facet. And, and so that was a great opportunity just for me to, to, to learn everything and every part and, um, and try to try to take all those lessons that I've learned over the years and put them into practice. And, um, Boulevard bread company, uh, was, and still is a very special place. It has a daily changing menu based on what's ripe and delicious and in season. And so I get uh, every day I got to show up and see what the farmers bought me and, and, and create the menu and, and, you know, pull bread out of the oven. You know, uh, I think the, the second day I opened Boulevard bread company, there's a uh, there's a Falcon Jet, um, uh, a bunch of French people work in Little Rock at Falcon Jet, and this older French man who had been in Little Rock for 20 years walked in. I handed him a hot baguette, and he broke it in half, and the, and hurt and the you know the crispness just flew everywhere, and and he smelled it, and he just cried, and just <laughs> came back came back in the kitchen and gave me a hug, oh, and so you know that, that was kind of the beginning of my. Of, of my ownership experience was oh, what a was, good way to start. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, it was I'm curious, you had this vision with your friend, you guys were laying in like camping and just dreaming and visioning. Was your friend yeah. here on this journey with you? Oh yeah. He, he came back to little rock with me. We developed a place together. I was, he, he was the bakery side and I was the culinary side, uh, the, the savory side. And, you know, we've, we just, um, we just, you know, we, we were best friends and, and it was magical. And unfortunately was, uh, several years later he passed away and, um, but you know, his spirit lives on in these recipes. I mean, we're, this is almost 17 years later and and his bread is still being just, it, it's still the best bakery in the state of Arkansas. Oh, and it's, it's, it's just magical to this day. Talk about just building a legacy. I mean, I feel like that's what life's all about is leaving something behind that will be that you'll be remembered by. And it sounds like he accomplished that, which is more than a lot of people do. So um, that's good to know. And, you know, what about uh, what it took to get the doors open? How did you guys get the money? Uh, Did you go to banks? Did you get it from family? Like, what was that process like? So we were lucky. Uh, There was there was already the kitchen existed. And it was already a cheese shop that was going out of business, and they had overbuilt the kitchen a little bit. So we we, we had the opportunity just to to add some some bread ovens, and pretty much put a, put a sign up and open the doors. And so there there was almost no investment. Um, my father uh, invested a hundred thousand dollars, and I bought him out uh, three years later. For I think three hundred and fifty thousand, so he made a huge return on his investment, wow. <laughs> and uh, and so he was, you know, he was he was happy, and and uh, but yeah, I, I, I was, you know, I, I was very fortunate. You know, that was that was my debt, my father's giant contribution to me was helping me uh, co-signing on that loan. Not every kid has that opportunity. When I bought him out, I did have to go to the SBA. 
Um, fortunately, I had a had, already had a business operating that had a track record mm-hmm. um, in sales and profits and losses. So, um, but I was uh, uh, I thank him every day for <laughs> for that little boost up. You know, hindsight being twenty twenty, <laughs> good thing he didn't drop all that money into your college education, huh? Yeah, no doubt. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, was that it? That hundred thousand dollars is that what it took to get the doors open? That's all it took. Wow, that's awesome. And, uh, a, a lot of a lot of blood, sweat, and tears. I mean, oh, we yeah, were we were scraping floors and painting the walls, and and um, you know, d- d- trying to do logo design on our computers. We, you know, <laughs> just. I mean, it was. Um, but Boulevard Bread Company is is really there's there's four locations right now, and it's still one of the most popular places in the state of Arkansas. One of my former sous chefs runs the 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 play. He's the chef there, and. Um, he just won my title that I've won the last two years. He just won best chef in Arkansas for the Arkansas times. His name is Chris McMillan and he's just one of my dear close friends. And, um, and that said two, uh, two of my former sous chefs are now my partners, equal partners. And, uh, one of my former sous chefs is Chris, who I just mentioned, who just won best chef in Arkansas. And, uh, and then another one of my former sous chefs, um, Adam sweet, um, he, he broke out on his own and, uh, opened a pizza place similar to Zaza, uh, up in Indiana called King Doe. Um, he's, uh, Adam and his wife, Alicia are, are uh, still close friends. So we've, we've had this, um, you know, we've, we've had a, a lot of amazing young people that have, that have connected with me and, and have really helped me, uh, through this process. So a couple things just up to this point. Uh, that I need to put emphasis on, I can't help but put emphasis on, is that idea of being someone's exit strategy. Uh, for you, this company was going out of business. If you can find a company, like don't go look for open space that's for sale. Find a, find a company, I mean, it seems kind of heartless, but find a company that is struggling and approach them and offer them an exit strategy. You can get incredible deals turn key operations instead of you know like be creative you don't have to start from scratch a uh, huge lesson there when a company when there when there's a business that's an okay location that that has facilities like grease traps and vent hoods and walk-in coolers and bathrooms and things that exist and uh um, you know, if they're losing money, I mean, they're a lot of times they are willing to walk away, um, and let you just take over the, mm-hmm. the lease. And, uh, those opportunities are, you know, they're all over the place. I mean, there's a, everyone wants to open a restaurant in this day and age and yeah. there's a, a lot of them come and go. And, uh, needless to say, a huge part of my philosophy is supporting local people and local farmers, local farm families, local restaurant owners. And, and I'm, you know, I'm a, I'm a resource. They all, anyone in town knows they can call me on a Sunday for change. I'll run it over to them mm. if they need some, some, you know, if they need some ground beef or if they, if, if they need anything, um, I'm a, I'm, you know, my feeling is that, uh, here in Little Rock, uh, about 80% of the total revenue, uh, for restaurants, uh, are out of state, big, massive chains. And so, um, you know, this, this t- t- tiny 20% of the pie that locally owned restaurants get, uh, we have an opportunity to support one another and love each other um, and, take, and take a little more of that market share away from the Applebee's of the world. And, and, uh, and, and you know, and then 
all of our boats are going to rise together. So that's a really, really important part of our philosophy. I love it, Chef. I really do. It's just about we have such an opportunity at a small local level to make a deeper impact, and it can be yeah. so powerful. Uh, the other thing I needed to point out was that shared vision you have with your friend and the power of good partnerships with people pulling in the same direction and knowing what the, the destination looks like and having that shared vision and saying it out loud, maybe in going as far as committing it to writing. So we're all yeah. pulling in the same direction. Uh, and then lastly, just being that launching pad for others, like Pat, you know, like people brought us up. It's our duty to right. bring up the next wave of people uh, like you were brought up and you were that for these people who, who went on to open their own places. Like we should be pushing people out of our restaurants. It should be our goal to give them the foundation they need to go leave us. And eventually sometimes they don't, they stay with us and they open restaurants with us, which kind of brings me to my next point about what you're doing now. Um, yeah. you, you sold Boulevard bread. Why did you do that? Man, um, we, you know, really, the, uh, as much as I love the baking business, um, I'm I'm a chef, and I and I work during daylight hours, and um, I I could not go up, I could not get up at 4 a.m. or 2 a.m. and to go fix the Hobart mixer again. I just I'd had enough of that. It's kind of like when I left San Francisco, I, I I could not drive around at 6 p.m. my house and look for parking for three hours again. So that, that was like the final straw. But um, I I love the I love that business. Uh, it's still it's still a big part of me and always will be. Um, but I uh, you know I, I met another uh, great partner, John Beachboard, who opened Zaza with me. And I you know I just really want to emphasize that my team, John Beachboard, as a partner. Ben Brainerd is, is one of my partners. Russ McDonough is one of my partners. Amber Brewer does our branding and marketing and is, is the best by far in this region. And uh, man, I could sit here and name people for another hour. But uh, uh, I, got, I have another partner, my brewery, brewery Albert Gronfish. Um, and then just all of my KMs and GMs and all my, all my kitchen leaders. And, man, these people, they make me look so good. So, <laughs> Chef, let me ask you: What when you were opening, yeah. you sold uh, Boulevard or is it Bread Boulevard or Bread Boulevard Bread? Boulevard Bread Company. So, when you sold yeah. Boulevard Bread Company and you partnered with these incredible people, you were just sharing with us. Yeah. What were you doing differently? Why did this partnership work so well? Like, what did you apply to this opportunity that you didn't apply to the previous? Man, I mean, the well, the the, the previous partnership was amazing. Um, you know, unfortunately, you know, Roger uh, passed away unexpectedly. Mm-hmm. So that was, you know, but I was, you know, I really, I was the sole proprietor of Boulevard for a while. And um, I, I really, I missed that. And, uh, you know, John uh, was my first partner in Zaza. And we, as my sous chef, we probably spent two years every day just brainstorming about what's the next big thing, you know, what's. Uh, you know, uh, what's out there in the world that Little Rock really needs and, and how can we make it different? How can we put our own little spin on it? You know, how can, how can we make it something completely unique? And, um, you know, nothing is – and we still do that. I mean, we're just – I probably have 50 concepts that I just would love to open that, that you know, get, get one beer in me and, I'm, and and you can get me pretty excited about almost anything, any type of food. Um, but, 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 but I love that camaraderie and that give and take and, and just being creative and brainstorming and, and, and traveling and experiencing, 
And uh, I have that with all of my partners and, and with, with many of my key employees as well. And, to, you know, once again, it comes back to, to family and friendships. And, and, you know, that's as important as much more important than making money, but and, and certainly as important as the food and giving customers a great experience is just uh, is also enjoying yourself and, 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 you know, being a really positive force for the people around you. You have to. I mean, you're going to be working crazy hours, especially early on. If you're not having a good time, if you don't enjoy what you're doing, if you don't enjoy the people you're surrounding yourself with, you will burn out. You, you newsflash. Need, I mean, you uh, need to enjoy new, it. there's a newsflash that you, you only get one shot at this thing called life. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, so it's I mean, you've got to find a place. You know, I mean. Once again, you know, a lot of people just self-destruct. They, they, you, they, you know, a lot of people are dishonest or they're not sober or they're, you know, they're not positive or they're not on time. I mean, you could, you could, you know, it's real easy to, to kick yourself in the face. Yeah, but, um, you know, it's, uh, if you can, if you can conquer those things and rise above it, man, uh, you know, then find, put yourself in a situation, you know, where you're happy. Um, because if you surround your, surround yourself with a, a yelling, screaming chef or people that are negative, um, or a company that's, that doesn't have that just basic philosophy of treating people with kindness, um, that is just the recipe for misery. Mm. <laughs> so I, I really think that's important. I love it. And, um, so you Zaza opened 2007, 10 years later, yep. you have a total of seven, or five concepts, seven total locations, one coming. How long were you operating at just one location, Zaza? Um, Zaza was two years, and then a second Zaza, and um, then uh, and let me let me real quickly. I'm going to say I've always wanted to do. I was raised in fine dining at Chez Panisse. It, I do five course meals every couple months to kind of, to get my chef chops on and. But um, I, I sell burgers and Napoli style pizza and gourmet and you know great tacos and great beer and, and you know started out selling great bread and great coffee. Um, uh, one thing that really stuck with me is uh, Alice Waters had a cafe upstairs and her fine dining restaurant downstairs, and she created the cafe because she was embarrassed that her plumber could not afford to eat at her restaurant, and uh, you know so, so you know I. What I really decided early on in my career was instead of me creating this Scott McGee ultra creative, hyper creative behemoth where I'm chained to the stove 24 seven, what I wanted to do was was really focus on farmers and great ingredients and really simple, approachable food done really, really well uh, and supporting local bakeries and local everything. And and um, but I wanted I wanted anyone in Little Rock, uh, you know, f- from pe- people who are socioeconomically challenged to the wealthiest people. I want them to be able to come in and have an amazing experience, and I want them to feel like they're getting that hundred dollar meal, that hundred dollar experience. Um, but if if they end up walking out the door uh, with a nine dollar tab, that's great. And um, certainly, at most of my restaurants, there are there are options that are less expensive. And if, you know, if you want to buy, uh, you know, if, if you want the, the, the truffle burger, you know, for, for $14, that is also an option. Or if you, if you want an amazing glass of wine or, a, you know, you can buy a $5 cocktail or a $20 cocktail. So we uh, really pride ourselves that, that anyone can come our, in our stores 
um, and you know they, they can feel comfortable and and warm and 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 happy and loved. Yeah, what I'm hearing from you is that at the end of the day, you know, we might want to do certain things, but it's not about what we want. It's about what our people want and need and making it about our community and everyone else but ourselves, really. And if you focus on doing that, and if, if what makes you happy is making other people happy, then that's a recipe for success is just making it about other people. Absolutely. And, and um, yeah, we it's, it's, it's been very successful. We, I, I thought about doing fine dining for a while. When the economy uh, actually had a place called Big Orange Cafe planned, that was that was fine dining, and uh, uh, when the economy tanked in two thousand eight, I said, "Hey, let's do Big Orange Burger." <laughs> and um, orange happens to be my favorite color, and I, I read in some stupid science magazine that orange was the most appetite increasing color. Um, like if, if you're sitting in an orange room, you're hungrier than if you're sitting in a blue or green room. And, uh, so it's, you know, it's, you know, those, those things came together. And, and so for some crazy reason, I called it big orange burger, but we're about to start on our third location and it's been just an, an incredible experience and, and, and success. Awesome. So what I really want to extract from you before we move on to the speed round is what you started doing in your restaurants to go from one concept to two of the same concept to multiple concepts uh, and still keeping everything in place, still keeping people happy, still managing it all orderly. Like what things happened in your life? How did you, how did you scale? What's the secret to scaling? Would you say? Well, it's, it's, it's important to understand that if, if you, uh, on a smaller scale, you know, if you're, um, if you're ever, if you're not a little bit behind in the restaurant business, you're probably spending too much labor and you're going out of business. And that same thing applies to scale. Say that up. one more time. I just want okay. to make sure I heard you right. If, 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 if you and your staff are not a little bit behind, you're probably spending too much labor and going out of business. And that, that is the nature of the restaurant business. The margins are slim. And the same thing applies to scaling up. If, 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 if you create the resources you need to scale up, then you're not going to be able to, then you're going to go out of business. You're not going to, you, you will spend all your money. Uh, so, so you're always, you're always taking baby steps forward as you can. And, um, and what I mean by that is, you know, it starts with, you know, how do we afford a second location? And, and so you start saving a little money for that, but then it's, then it becomes, how do I, how do I stay creative and not deal with HR issues all the time? And we can't really afford an HR director. So maybe you have someone who works three days a week, you know, um, as a server, and then they do HR two days a week, and then and then you open your third restaurant, and you can afford them full time all of a sudden. You know, oh great! And then and then you you know then you you know you're doing less and less accounting, and you actually hire an accountant. But if you hire that accountant full time, you know then 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 you really can't afford them. So you you, know, you have some you you have a you know and so you're so you're always um, you're always trying to. Uh, you know, a lot of times when you're scaling up like that, your staff around you is a little frustrated that that you know you don't have these resources. Um, and as soon as you add the resource that they were frustrated about, you've grown a little bit more. And there's some and there's some and there's some other there's some other thing off in the distance that's uh, that's that you need. You know that you can't quite get to yet. 
And so it's uh, it's it's just a there's there's a ta- there's a million little stepping stones through that process. Uh, yeah. But it's um, but but I'm but I'm always embraced, and I've always told the staff, hey, I mean we're yeah we're getting our our business has doubled this year. We need to hire and train more people, and we definitely need to get someone to 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 take this off our plate. And you know, so I always try to include them in the process as much as possible and explain you know, what our goals are and, and, and how we're going to get there. And, um, you know, where are we, where are we now? Where do we want to be? How are we going to get there? Prioritize it. What I'm hearing from you, chef is it's that constant everyday, slow, gradual growth, better version than you were the day before Kaizen, just showing up every day and just doing it a little bit better every day and finding that sweet spot where you're, and I always use Mario Andretti's quote where it's if you're if you have control, you're not going fast enough. So being at that point where you're slightly out of control, but you still can manage it and you're kind of pushing people to the envelope, the edge of the envelope, not so far that they want to quit and go away, but you're just giving them a, a little bit of a time what they need to stay sane and to to be pushing the envelope and operating at that extreme level. Yeah, and, and you know there's there's at, at the same time, um, you, you know, I mean, I, my GMs work, work a maximum of 52 hours a week and my manager's 47 regular employees, usually 40 or less. Um, and you know, I, I want them to take days off and we, we, you know, we, we give, we give PTO to our, to our staff and we, uh, you know, we, we help pay for their insurance and we, we try to, you know, we work them hard and we challenge them and we have, we have, we have grand expectations. Um, but I'm also there for them in their time of need always. And every, every employee, hopefully every employee knows, um, that, you know, if, if, uh, they can text me 24 seven and if they're in a bind and they need my help, I'll come running. I love it. Um, so aside from just no, your staff knowing that you're there for them, knowing that you have their back and pushing them, to the point where you're always just a little bit behind what else, if there's just one more thing or two more things, do you think most contribute to your success? You know, my, um, having creative partners around me, um, my, my branding and marketing, um, uh, guru, Amber Brewer, God, I mean, you know, the, just, I mean, you can put great beer in a can, uh, but it, you, without a great label, it's not going to sell. And without great beer, people aren't going to buy it twice. So those two things have to come together in this magical way. And uh, you know, a, a beer can is you know is a good metaphor for a restaurant. I mean, you got to have great food. Um, you know, yeah, the, the big three I call them is you know, I mean, the food has to be exceptional. Um, the space has to be beautiful and and well designed and clean. Um, and the customer service has to be exceptional and those three things with those three things we encompass customer experience mm. and uh so it's 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 a, a lot of all of that i love it um one quick question that kind of stuck out to me and i was just curious is i noticed a couple of your your businesses don't have websites and you kind of rely solely on like facebook as the website uh what's the reason behind that i was curious man i mean i think websites are gosh i mean Facebook is just is just it, mm-hmm. and uh, you know honestly, my branding and marketing team, uh, bless them, they I mean you know they're they are so, they're, they're I mean they do the work of like each one of them I think does the work of three people, 
and they, you know, and, you know, they don't work, they don't work a you know, more than 47 hours, but gosh, I mean, I, I just think they, I, I don't know how they get done what they get done. I think over this, you know, we opened a restaurant and then we planned another one, then we opened it and then we just kept going. And, you know, we opened about one restaurant a year, uh, you know, for the last 10 years. And I just, I, I just think we, 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 we work off of priorities. Mm-hmm. Um, if, if you look at the global picture of everything that, you know, could improve everything that should be better, everything that needs to get done, it'll app your brain will explode. So the way I approach every day is I wake up and I have my coffee and, you know, I, I love my family. And then I, then I think, you know, uh, let's, let's make a list and let's prioritize it. And then that top priority, I'll circle it and start and, and, and really just start there. Uh, and, I, and I think uh, to answer your question, I, I think a website is just is just not a priority for some of these places. There's just so many other things that are more important, um, you know, in the I'm restaurant not, business. I, I agree with you. Sorry, I cut you off. I didn't mean to. No, the restaurant business, if, if you're not improving every day, you go away. Yeah. And so I'm, I'm more obsessed about – you know, I've got this. I've got this burger and fry place that's been open five years. I've been for the last three weeks. I've been obsessed on how to make the fries better. You know, and and, and I've been and, and and for the month before that, I was obsessed with developing a, a more user friendly system to to cook the perfectly cooked burger every time. Uh, you know, upon request, whether it's rare, medium rare, medium medium well, or, or well done. Um, and you know, little things like, you know, a well done burger can, if you cook it 30 seconds too long, it's over well done, you know, and, 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 you know, developing a big, uh, uh, a big visual training aid that, uh, that you could glance at and, and, you know, essentially get, get on the line and start cooking perfect burgers within 10 minutes of, 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 filling out your application and clocking in. Yeah. And so I, I, I obsess about systems also obsess about, you know, you know, there's just everything supporting local farmers, going to the farmer's market, you know, making sure that all my KMs are, are using those resources and, and, you know, going from location to location, doing line checks, tasting everything, hugging the employees. I mean, it's, you know, it's, I know all that has nothing to do with a website, but all of that's more important than a website. I agree with everything you said. And, um, well, I say that a website would hurt your business. I wouldn't say that. I mean, it will definitely help, but it won't do shit. Part of my language. If everything inside the restaurant is garbage, Um, if you had to choose between having outstanding training, getting outstanding people, having outstanding products and you get all those details down and you're constantly improving what's inside the restaurants every day you don't yeah. even need the slightest bit of social platform because you won't have a problem getting people in your restaurant if you're just amazing um i i do believe that in the world of chez panisse and and the here's the marketing and branding philosophy of alice waters so this, so this is a big secret um you put the money you would spend in branding and marketing, and uh, there's there's a lot of people out there that, that work in the newspaper or radio industry or whatever. I mean, you put that money into the pockets of your employees, and to the pockets of your local farmers, and to the and and you know into the 
uh, you know, into the passion and love for your product and, for, and your restaurant and, 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 you know, keeping those, keeping those baseboards squeaky clean and, 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 you know, and, into your customer experience, you put that money in, into, into your restaurant, um, you know, into your passion, into your food. And that is your marketing. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. That's it. I do. And- <laughs> I do agree with everything you just share with us 100%. And, uh, I do have to get a failure real quick, chef. What was a time that you just fell hard on your ass with a failure? Take us through that failure and then tell us how you got back up and what you learned from it. Oh gosh. Um, is there, is it something specific that you know about or is there, or, or, or just any, <laughs> any, any failure I can remember? Anyone you can remember. I, I'm not thinking of anything in particular personally. Uh, okay. I, I thought maybe you read something on <laughs> no, the internet. You're, you're, you're safe. Uh, so sometimes, sometimes where I fell on my, on my ass, you know, um, Chief Anise, uh, was such a demanding job. I mean, you could not be a minute late or you didn't work there. And, you know, she, she, ex- she expected everyone to ask questions. And if you, if you, if you don't know something, ask, I mean, that was, that was, that's a rule in a lot of kitchens. And, um, I was seasoning this huge pot of lentil soup and uh this chef e felder from south carolina i don't know where she is now but she's a rock star and i'm, I'm sure she's doing great things but god i oversalted the soup and um and it was you know it's like you know 40 gallons of soup 50 gallons something like that um you know 30 minutes before service and um god I, she pulled me in the walk-in cooler and just reamed me <laughs> in the nicest of ways but still was like she said, Scott, if you don't get your shit together and your life together, um, you, you're going, you know, you're not going to be working here and you're not, and you're not going anywhere in this industry. And she said, she specifically said, you better stop smoking because it's affecting your palate. And she was right. <laughs> and I, and I quit smoking then. And, um, and, you know, and I, and also learned that, Hey, if you got a 50 gallon pot of soup, maybe, you know, once you've raised the salt level to about 90% of where it should be, maybe get someone else involved and let them taste it as well. (laughs) And don't, don't, don't be so arrogant to think that, you know, it's not okay to, to, you know, to, to get a couple other people involved to, to, to finish this up. Gosh, I was like 23 at the time. And, you know, I had no business, uh, uh, seasoning that 50 gallon pot of soup to 101% of where it should be. Um, I, t- I think I took it to 115, unfortunately. But um, <laughs> So the big lesson I'm getting from this story, Chef, is to ask and to uh, play it safe and don't be afraid to uh, get that second opinion and, I mean, stop smoking is the other lesson. I <laughs> yeah, I mean <laughs> – you know, and I don't know how much – I think it was more my inexperience of the cigarettes. But, um, you know, a lot of people in, in, that, that work really high-pressure, you know, line cook situations, you know, they go out back and they get a smoke. I mean, it's 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 part of that industry, unfortunately. Uh, I, I would say just minimize it as much as possible because it will kill you yeah. <laughs> but, uh, over time. Awesome. But yeah, I mean, um, uh, that's, that really stands out. And, um, you know, I think, uh, I, I've, I've, every restaurant I've ever opened is still operating at a profit. So I've, I haven't had any big failures there, but I will say 
I do. I'm, I'm pretty good at realizing when one of my locations needs to be reinvented. Mm. And um, if you're not if if you're not continually reinventing your restaurant, whether it's the decor or the system or the the, the way that you greet the guests or um, the the quality of the food or or the you know adding menu items and and evolving the menu. Um, it, you know, as soon as you start stop doing that, you go away. And so I, I think I've come really close to some big failures by not doing that is, is, is effectively as I could. Yeah. And so, and, uh, I, I, sorry, go ahead. No, I was just going to say the, the importance of that is I, I, I can't stress that enough that you, you've always got to be looking to the future and, and how you can improve everything every day. Um, because this, there, there, you know, there's 50 restaurants popping up around you continually and you've, and you've got to, I mean, as, as, as I, I love them all. They're my friends, but also you, um, you, you'll, you will get left behind in this industry. Yeah. And, and I can't help but think of Jeff Benjamin, uh, of veteran restaurant group. He wrote about this in his book, front of the house and he calls it staying fresh every five years. Uh, they budget for every five years to do something to keep, every one of their restaurants fresh because people get bored. New restaurants pop up. You need to do something to stay fresh and stay top of mind. Um, so great advice. And uh, this has been a great uh, <laughs> interview up to this point. We're going to take a break to thank our sponsor and we'll be right back for some bombs of knowledge. Don't go anywhere. Whether you're just getting started in the restaurant business or if you're a seasoned veteran, there's always something new to learn that never ends. But what hasn't changed is the time you get to learn. Tipsy has taken everything you need to know and put it in one easy-to-access location. With Tipsy, you can learn what you want, when you want, by accessing an incredible library of video courses on topics like food and beverage, service, marketing, and business operations. It's basically a one-stop shop for everything you need to run a successful restaurant. You can also use Tipsy as a staff training tool. Through the management platform, you can select the courses that matter to you and schedule them out to your employees in a few simple clicks. Individual memberships are only $9 a month, and as a restaurant unstoppable listener, you receive an extra 50% off your first month. So what are you waiting for? For $4.50, you can have access to this incredible resource right now. Just find the tipsy banner in the show notes. After studying over 300 successful restaurant professionals, I've discovered that to be successful in the restaurant industry, you need skills that go far beyond knowing how to cook. All of our guest mentors are damn near experts on business operations, systems, and culture. That is not a coincidence. That is what it takes to be successful. This is exactly why I tell everyone I know who wants to open a restaurant or is in the restaurant business to get a membership to restaurantowner.com. For only $29 a month, you have access to over 300 templates, including business plans, checklists, forms, manuals, and procedures. In addition, you have countless resources at your fingertips. To join a community that has helped over 40,000 restaurant owners make better lives for themselves, head over to restaurantowner.com slash unstoppable and because you are restaurants unstoppable listeners you will get the first 10 days for only one dollar 
Again, that's restaurantsowner.com slash unstoppable. We are back. And the first question I have for you, Chef McGee, is what is your it factor, habit, trait, characteristic, something you believe most contributes to your success? Treating people with, with, with kindness, I, I think, is, is number one. I love it. What is your biggest weakness? Oh, goodness. Um, I spread myself too thin. I mean, I, uh, you know, it, it kills me when I can't be there for an employee when they need me. Mm. Uh, how are you combating that? I'm curious. Man, I once again, I'm 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 trying to hire more people <laughs> that can do what I do, and, uh, and 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 trying to trying to train my leaders up to go. really take out to take ownership, you know, and and uh, um, uh, we're in the process of doing that, and it's and and we're we're becoming more and more effective at that. Awesome. Uh, what is one piece of advice you have for leading others? Man. Um, you treat people with dignity and respect and you take care of them and they're going to take care of you. And that's the bottom line. And if, if they're not doing something that you like, just let them know, be nice about it. And, and you know, if, 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 if that continues, then nicely ask them to leave. What is one question or thing you look for during an interview? It's, I want to see a smile a big smile right when you when you show up because if you're not smiling at me when I'm interviewing you you're not going to smile to my other family my my employees and my guests and so that's uh, that's that's important to me I love it. Uh, it's so powerful. <laughs> this is a smile. Like it doesn't get enough emphasis in my opinion. So I'm happy you said that. We are in the service industry. I mean, a lot of, a lot of young people don't understand that. Oh, man. So. It triggers so many things in the head that we're just un- unconscious of and just not aware of, but it's so powerful. Yeah, it really um, is. What is uh, a current challenge? Current challenge? Um, right now we're – I've never managed this many people and uh, this is a little bit repetitive, but you know, I've, I've talked a lot about all these, all these philosophies and all these things. And man, I wish I could spend more time with every single employee to, to, to give them those little nuggets, you know, <laughs> because I, um, I, I feel like, and, and you know, the, the solution for that is once again, is I, I, I need a few people um, really spreading those philosophies with me. You know, I, I need to, I need to hire some people who can, who can be a part of that training team. Mm. And I, because I've realized I can't do it by myself with, with this many people in this many locations and it breaks my heart. And uh, how are you? So you're overcoming that and you're dealing with that just by training up and trying to recreate yourself and other people. Yeah. And you know, I've, I mean, th- there's a few people out there that I'd like to hire that, um, that I trained uh, years ago that, that, that are already indoctrinated, you know? And, and so I, 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 you know, I'm, I probably couldn't afford them three months ago, but uh, we're still in a growth phase and we're still, so, so I'm trying to take that next step where I can pull a few of these people in um, to, to really, uh, you know, be there when I can't. I love it. And um, what is one thing besides food your restaurant does really well that separates you from other restaurants? Man, um, customer experience. I mean, we, you know, from the time you walk in the door 
And we don't always succeed at this. No restaurant does. I mean, we, we, we have our failures and we, uh, and there's plenty of, there's, you know, there's plenty of people that, that all co- that contact me on Facebook and, and, you know, we're, we're always having to, you know, take, take one step back and, th- and then hopefully two steps forward. But I, but I think when you walk in, in the door, um, you know, you're greeted warmly with a smile and you're appreciated and, and, um, you know, I think when you walk into my restaurants, often you're a regular and we, and we know your name and, and sometimes know what your favorite drink is. And, and, um, you know, the customer experience is how clean is it? You know, are the, are the bathrooms clean and are, you know, are there smudges on the windows and are the, are, you know, are the baseboards clean? All those things show that we care. And so I think, I think customer experience is something that we excel in. Um, we are not where we need to be. 100%, but the, that's a huge part of our emphasis, and it's the future, you know, it's it's everything in this industry. Mm. Uh, and what is one book that will make us a better person or restaurant owner that you can recommend? Oh, God. Um, uh, there's so many, but um, okay, I love Diane Ackerman's uh, Natural History of the Senses. And uh, to me, that's a great book for a young person to read. And any book on you know, there's a lot of great food and history books out there. I love reading about the history of, of food and culinary arts. Um, you know, uh, I love the writings of Richard Olney from back in the day, um, Jacques Pepin. Um, you know, all the great old school masters. Um, that book that you recommended, uh, what is one takeaway? Was it the natural the history or the history of the natural senses? It's it, it goes back to just primordial, you know. Uh, just the evolution of of of, the, of, of carbon-based organisms, and and it goes back to the very beginning and talks about, um, and then really dives in deep as 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 in terms of how those senses relate to us and our lives and food, um, uh, uh, you know, sight, sight, smell, taste, <laughs> you know, all, all those things. And Diane Ackerman is a great writer. Um, you know, a book that I read recently that's that's not food related, but but had a, a pretty big effect to me. It's called Sapiens. Oh, I just finished uh, that book, and I had a feeling you were going to say it. Sorry, I got. Oh, I love that book, man. It's, it blew it's, my mind. <laughs> it was it's, so good. It, it's it's just it's um, it's an incredible lesson of um, of the story of humankind from the very very beginning and. How, why we are where we are today. Yeah. And, so and, and, and why we, book. you know, why we think the way we think. And, um, th- th- that, that's just my most recent, uh, I mean, that's, that's, uh, <laughs> I might invite you back on the show so we can just talk an hour about that, but cause I need <laughs> I know, somebody to geek out with about what I, that, I'm, I'm going to, I'm definitely going to read it again. Oh, man, I mean, it's amazing. It, yeah. Sorry, I didn't mean to blow off your eardrum if I just No, not at all. I mean, I think you know all the Harold McGee books for for sciency geeks were are, are great. I mean, the 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 lore of of cooking and and the food and science of uh, the kitchen, uh, I, for, I forget the exact titles, but those are great books for young up and coming chefs and um you know, God, there's, I'll stop there. <laughs> <laughs> I'll have links in the show notes. This is episode 324. So head over to restaurantunstoppable.com slash 324. And if you're not using Audible yet, 
I'm telling you, it will change your mind, especially if you're working in a restaurant. You don't have time to read. Uh, I know that Sapiens is on audio, so head over to audio or audibletrial.com slash unstoppable. You can get that book for free if you're not already signed up. Um, it's totally worth it. And um, what is one technology you've adopted in your restaurants that's giving you re- just a return on time, money, uh, productivity, or just making your restaurant better? You know, there's it's there's a lot of different versions of it. I mean, it's one of them's no weight, but um, you know the uh, when you walk into the restaurant, um, you know we type in your name and your your phone number, and when your table's ready, we push a button that'll send you text. And that's that's been that's been some great technology for us because we have three restaurants that are in big shopping centers, and so people want to walk down to the Apple Store and they want to geek out on the on the new iPads and, and then they just get little text and they can they can they can come over and get their table and so uh, um, you know that kind of that that note that uh, uh, that kind of technology has, has made a big difference you know we're pretty lo-fi otherwise in our in our in our you know stores uh, you know I think a couple of our lake locations have have uh, touch screen um, uh, you know computerized orders in the kitchen that's been helpful because a lot of times when you have printed tickets coming out it's coming in you know spitting out of the printer like 15 at a time yeah you get them out of order very easily mm-hmm. and so so I, I love looking at a screen um look in every ticket it, it, it tells you exactly um how long the fire time is which ticket is oldest which pl- uh, it'll leave it it'll start flashing in red if it if it's if it's been more than x minutes so and which platform is that Using? Uh, we, we we use Aloha, okay. uh, but you know all you know, all the major platforms have that technology. Um, but I you know, it's a little more expensive to go to touchscreen uh, uh, tickets uh, technology than printed tickets. But um, for for some of our higher volume restaurants, it it definitely um, uh, helps us avoid a lot of problems. Getting tickets mixed up, dropping a ticket on the floor. Um, you know, you've got tables that have been there for 45 minutes who are, who are waiting on their food and someone's been there 15 minutes who already has their food. I mean, those, those, those things can really, um, spill out over onto the floor, out of the kitchen, onto the floor in a bad way. Awesome. Uh, and you said you're using no weight. Is that the service, a platform you're using for a wait list? Res- yeah, we use no weight. Um, it, it, I actually, I think we may have be using a different one now. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not hundred percent certain. Right. Uh, but that's but but that that technology that weights technology, but it, they even have them now where you can type in the customer's name that's that's associated with their phone number. You can type in their favorite drink. Mm-hmm. It'll even show you it'll it'll show you what like you know what they typically order, what kind of modifiers. Now that kind of we, we don't do that because that's kind of that's almost in the realm of creepy to me. <laughs> where, where where you'd like know this person and what their children's names are and, and what they're you know what they're likely to order so i you know i, I, I i'm not quite ready to take that step <laughs> but i do think that's where the world is headed yeah and if you can think there's of no uh, if there's a different platform you're using i would love to find out after the show um so absolutely yeah I can text that to you for sure. Beautiful. Uh, with all the knowledge you have now, Chef, if you could go back in time, say maybe when you were opening your first restaurant on your own, what piece of business advice would you give yourself? Um, God. Um, 
I would probably say, you know, make a little more time for your family. I mean, I'm, I, I was lucky. Uh, at Boulevard Bread Company, we closed at 7 p.m., so I got to go home and see my family every night because we, we were more morning lunch and early dinner, kind of early dinner takeout. But, um, you know, I have a child that's going away to college this year, and it's just uh, it's just just reinforced that, man, every second is so precious with, with the people that you love. And so, you know, the, this industry can be so demanding and so, and so time consuming, you know, try to be in it, try to find a situation, you know, where you're not working, um, you know, what we call the vampire shift back in the day where you're sleeping all day, working on the line for 10 hours until 2 a.m., then going out and drinking, you know, and then, and then, then waking up and doing it all over again. Um, you know, a lot of young chefs kind of do that, and but you know you, you've got to put that behind you pretty quickly, mm. and um, hopefully find some balance. Mm. Uh, I think that's really important. Great advice, chef. And what is one question I could have asked you that would have added more value to this interview? God, Eric, you're you're, you're awesome. <laughs> I uh, <Thank> you. <laughs> I think I think you've done an incredible job, and I'll, uh, I um, I just asked the questions, you- <laughs> man. I. Uh, I mean, you, you, it's been, it's been an incredible interview and I, and I've, I love sharing this and, and, you know, if, if, if one young person listens to it and it makes a little positive difference in their life, then it was well worth it. Yeah. And you know what? It doesn't even have to be a young person. One thing you mentioned, and I kind of circled it really early on was, uh, living in that area of stupid, uh, or slightly like not sure of what's going on. And, Anybody, no matter where you are in your career, like that feeling of stupid should never go away. You should always be pushing yourself to that level of I'm not quite sure what I'm doing because that's where we grow. Um, so I know so much less now than I did. <laughs> it's and it's funny. I mean, I, I was I was the best chef on planet Earth when I was 30. I just I knew it all, man. There, I mean, I was I was unbreakable and and just bulletproof. But I mean, yeah, you get humble as you get older because, man, there's just so, so um, the, the the you know the, the universe of knowledge um, is is boundless, and it's and it's and it's awe inspiring, and it's exciting. Yeah. You know, it, it really is. Awesome. Well, Chef, this has been a lot of fun. I've learned so much. Uh, I feel better after talking to you, and I think my guests or my listeners at home probably feel the same way. We wrap up every episode by calling someone out. So who is one independent restaurant operator, somebody you believe would make a great guest mentor on the show like you made for us today? Um, there's a guy in town. Um, he's Eastern European, and I'm not, he, he moved here – Maybe ten years ago, gosh, I'm not sure. It may have been longer. And he's he's he has two restaurants. Uh, one of them's called the Pantry. It's in West Little Rock, and one of them's called the Pantry Crest, which is in this really cool old neighborhood called Hillcrest. His not his name is Tomas or Tomas uh, Boehm, and I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing his last name right. But Tomas to me is an incredible operator. He is incredibly loved and adored by his staff. Um, he runs his restaurants the right way. He's an amazing chef. Um, uh, he's the proprietor. And, man, I think he would be incredible on your show. Tomas, uh, look up, man. I'm coming after you. And this is actually the <laughs> second time because uh, Hayne actually 
after recommending you, told me I should also get Tomas on the show. So I'm coming <laughs> after you, man. Uh, any help connecting would be greatly appreciated. Yeah, I can, I can, I've got his cell phone, and he's. Uh, I think he would love to talk oh, to you. I'd love to have him on the show. And let the <laughs> folks – sorry, go ahead. Yeah, I was just saying he's just he's just he's just a cool cat. He's really genuine, and and you can you just get this vibe from him that he's just he's he's uh, honest and and that he loves uh, loves what he does and loves the people around him. And I, I really respect that. That's who we're after. So I'd love to get in touch and let the folks at home know if they want to come join your team, if they want to come, uh, you know, be mentored by you, grow under you. What's the best way to connect? Um, email hello at yellow rocket concepts. That's with an S.com. Awesome. And you know, but honestly, I mean, you know, find me on Facebook, send me a message. So I mean, I'm, I'm totally open to that as well. I'll uh, have your I, Facebook. I, I used to have my cell phone on <laughs> a couple of our websites, and uh, I finally, uh, finally, my marketing director made me remove those because <laughs> I was, I was getting, I was getting calls from customers at 11 p.m. You know, asking me which cocktail they should purchase and, That's and awesome. things. Like that. <laughs> Well, I'll have the link to Facebook in the show notes along with your that email hello uh, at uh, was it Red Rocket Concepts? Yeah, Yellow Rocket Concepts. Yellow, sorry, Yellow Rocket yeah. Concepts. All right, beautiful. Uh, again, thank you so much uh, for taking the time to join us, to share your story with us, to share your advice with us, to share your mentorship with us. There is no questioning. You are unstoppable, Chef McGee. <laughs> thank you, Eric. I appreciate that, man. Thank you. Cheers awesome episode today with chef scott mcgee man so much value all over the place in this episode be careful make sure you do not go to scott at red rocket or hello at red rocket whatever it will not work out for you that's yellowrocket.com in the email sorry about that um man where do we start uh first of all i already invited chef mcgee to come back on the show to have a discussion around that book that we both just recently finished which is sapiens a brief history of humankind i've mentioned it a few times awesome book i can't wait for that conversation so maybe if you haven't gotten that book uh get it now so you can really enjoy that episode when it goes live maybe in a couple of months or a few weeks who knows when it's going to happen but you will be a better person after listening to that book uh it's on audible audibletrial.com slash unstoppable to get it for free guys. But man, big takeaways for me today. First is just having that vision at a young age. He and his buddy had that vision. They're laying, I think out in a field or something or on the side of the road, camping and just dreaming and setting goals. And they, they committed to those goals. They had each other holding each other accountable. And it's just so powerful to have those specific goals, those those big visions in life, and then living intentionally every day to get one step further to that vision, which takes me to the next big takeaway, which is do the work. These these guys knew that, that this vision wouldn't come through a sense of entitlement. They knew that they had to surround themselves with incredible people and do whatever it takes to just get that influence from the best. Are you willing right now to go work for the best for nothing, for free, to do dishes, to do the, the crappiest, shittiest, nastiest work, simply to just have that influence, to learn from the best, and to build that foundation? Like he says, everything we do is building that foundation to be a launch pad for our own career. So 
do the work. <laughs> like, I don't know how else to say it. Uh, it won't happen overnight. Invest in yourself, build that network, build the skills, but it starts by just showing up every day, making sacrifice and doing it the hard way. There's no easy way to be to be successful in this industry. Uh, and the last big takeaway for me is just the power of positivity. Guys, uh, we are either adders or subtractors. We're either adding positivity to a situation or we are adding negativity to a situation. And being neutral, in my opinion, is just as bad as being a, a negative contributor. There's so much power in just showing up every day with gratitude and choosing to be happy. He he gave the, the perfect example of when the server approaches the kitchen with, you know, demands and, you know, do this, do that on the fly. I don't care what your issue is. Just make sure this happens. We can either react in a negative way and get pissed off, or we can choose to be somebody who is an adder. The law of addition in, uh, John C. Maxwell's book, 21 Irrefutable Laws of Success. He talks about the law of addition. We exist to either make people's lives better or to make people's lives worse. And you, as a human, have that frontal lobe to stop in the middle of whatever emotional situation is going on in your head to recognize that emotion and to to choose to not let it consume you and to to choose to do the positive thing. It's so powerful. Uh, Great stuff in today's episode. Uh, I loved every second of it. Again, Chef Scott McGee, thank you so much for coming on the show, uh, for sharing your story, for sharing your advice, for making us all better, for being an adder. You chose to be a person of value, and you added value to our lives today, and we're so thankful for that. Uh, Guys, like always, please reach out to me, Eric Cacciatore, on Instagram, Twitter, Snapchat, Facebook is slash restaurant unstoppable. Shoot me an email, Eric at restaurantunstoppable.com and set up those one-on-one chats. If you want to connect with one of my past guests, or maybe you want to reflect on some of the advice you heard from one of my past guests, or you have a recommendation, you know somebody who would be a great guest mentor. That's how I found Scott McGee. Guys, who's in your community who is crushing it? Uh, Hayne, thank you again for making this connection. Uh, I can't do it without your support, guys. Listening is great. I love that you listen, but make some recommendations. Let's get some incredible people on the show. And then lastly, I will be in Chicago from May 18th to I don't know when until I feel like coming back home. We'll say mid, like, 20s, 24th, 25th. I want to meet you. If you're out there, if you're at the trade show, I'll be moderating at the Foodable Foodable TV uh, conference just before the trade show and I'll be kicking around the trade show. So shoot me an email again, Eric at restaurant unstoppable. Uh, let me know who you are, where you're going to be. Let's, let's meet up. Uh, and I guess that's it. I'm talking too much. I always do this. I love this shit until next time. Peace out.